This week on NPR, the many fruits of South... No, I'm joking. This takes the Black Pants Legion. Uh, we've been making jokes and audio tuning and giggling and um, making fun of NPR's ridiculous content uh, between major news events and covering obscure things no one gives a fuck about. They ask for money, and I can't stop listening to them. So, um, this week on the BPL Podcast, I have my hetero life mate, Mr. Nick. Hello there. Don't you want to learn more about, you know, how the wavelength of energy emitted by pine cones affects your 5G reception or whatever it is they talk about at 2 a.m.? Fascinating. This is truly riveting stuff. Truths. I make over four dollars an hour. This is NPR. <laughs> um, and then we got uh, the master of disaster himself, the editor in chief of the Black Pants Legion. Makes me sound like a wrestler. The master of disaster. Oh, what would be my okay? What would be my my song that I'd come in? What you guys would imagine? Uh, it's got to be something Eminem. Dancing Queen. <laughs> dancing Queen. Perfect. Eminem sings the Dancing Queen. No, no, no. Just Dancing Queen by oh. ABBA. Yeah. Right. That's fair too. Yeah, but he's looking like tough as fuck as he yeah. walks in. But like, it's like the fireworks and he has like a ripped shirt. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Perfect. Dancing Queen. I'm always covered in blood. Yeah. Yes. You know, dripping from the hair. Okay, so we're, we're, we're back again with this podcast. Right. We left off. Uh, everyone was shitting on 40k. Much we, to the dismay of our viewers, we, we have in fact. I sat here quietly, <laughs> and I just watched you guys tear 40k apart because you hate it so much. Like we a, like a pack of lions on a freshly dead gazelle. It's, it's we ugly. we were tearing apart what they've done. They massacred my boy, and it, they <laughs> look at what they've done to my boy. They that's that's what we're we're getting at. Right. Um, right. And anyone who's listened long enough will just. It'll be the NPC meme brainlet go, beep here, bad, question mark, <laughs> and they won't know what's up. But yep. this week we um, came up with some fun things to talk about, and this is kind of a continuation of the last podcast, so uh, buckle up, fuckaroos, and here we go. Um, one of the things that we thought would be really interesting to talk about is games that blew you away story-wise that you can still remember today, games that left that indelible mark mm -hmm. upon your person. And for me, it was stuff like Max Payne 1 and 2 that were really great at storytelling, in, in addition to being really good games, but really great at serial storytelling, but also stuff like The Depth of Deus Ex, where you, you pause and think about, is this the good guy? Is this the bad guy? Am I the bad guy? And do I have a choice? Am I playing a part in this greater plan? Or something like Knights of the Old Republic, where you go, oh, well, spoilers, by the way, those of you who have not played a game from 2003, um, but... Just fucking get on it. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, where you go, I'm Revan, but am I still Revan? Yeah. Yeah, so so Nick, what, what are games that blew you mm. away the first time you played them? Well, unfortunately, I'm going to sound a lot like a copycat, because I'm going to say Deus Ex and uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, sorry. Yes, there there is a definitely contentious point to be made between those two. Um, yeah, like the uh, <clears throat> the part in Deus Ex where, and again, spoilers, where uh, you find out that uh, you are, in fact, the government boot, you know, fucking jackbooted government enforcer and uh, the, quote, terrorists that you've been fighting are actually the good guys. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm an asshole. <laughs> Fuck. I'm, I'm an asshole. Oh no. Well, I I love where you get that you get to that guy on the top of the Statue of Liberty and you're like, Do you have a single fact to back that up? And he's like oh, the, And he just goes, One and just starts listing things. Yes. And you're like, 
Oh. No. Uh oh. Shit. I've walked into a documentary. Well, the, yeah. the worst part is like you look back on all the other things as soon as that's like concretely revealed and you're like, wow, I stared all those little facts right in the face and I just chose to completely ignore them and be an asshole anyways because story said, because someone said me good. Well, right. Good, man in black coat good. Well, I think that's Sparkly the thing is good. you assume being... You assume you're the protagonist. You assume yeah. you're working for the side of good in every game you play. Well, that's the power of a of a of a narrative um, yeah. preconception, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same with Knights of the Old Republic. You know, even though it's um, a little bit of a, a rebirth story, as you were saying, mm-hmm. because you're you know you, you it's revealed to you that you're Revan after the fact. Well, it, and, and it you reveals get to look it. back on you know what you've done through the course of your game with your own agency and right. Well, am I really this person? Or, well, you know? yeah, because they show you who you were. Yes. And then you've made choices that are different to that, no matter what you've done up to that point. And you go, well, am, do I have to be that person? But the reason that I find that one specifically compelling is, uh, as you learn about Revan, you find out that he's he's not your typical, like, Darth Vader, you know, I, I killed all the yinglings. Yeah, um, well, you got to kill them. Psychopath. He's, he's a Sith because... I mean, he's the ultimate argument, I suppose, of um, authoritarianism by virtue of uh, expediency, because you find out that he's he's become the Sith Lord because the Jedi Council is so slothful and right. incompetent. And yeah. he's like, no, we're getting our asses kicked in this war and we're losing and we need to do something about it. And so he becomes a Sith more by virtue of being ostracized for he seeks a solution around the council. He he seeks a solution. Yeah. And it's, it's not that he did anything inherently evil or un Jedi. Like he just went against the bureaucracy, but he started on a path down the dark side and ultimately, you know, goes to the power corrupts. Exactly. But he's, he's renowned for being this, you know, incredible military general that doesn't, you know, he doesn't engage in acts of barbarism and he preserves infrastructure. And, and I thought there was a compelling argument there of like, well, I mean, he didn't seem like really all that bad of a guy except for the part where the star forge drove him crazy. And if I know that now, what opportunities does that open for me in terms of the character's arc moving forward? Yeah. So I thought it was, I thought it was particularly effective. And also they, they, I think they really nailed the reaction of your crewmates. Yeah, yeah. Well, except for a card. Shut the fuck up, Karth. Yeah, Karth, nobody cares. Karth's, Karth's feeling sad. Karth wants to talk to you about something. Here's what no. could have happened once you got off Terrace. You could have been like, there could have been just a complete non sequitur of like, where's Karth? Oh, yeah, he fell in the airlock and he got sucked out to hyperspace. Like, oh, cool. Anyway, where are we headed? Like, Karth OD'd on space heroin. Really tragic. Anyways, yeah. here's a new droid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would have, yeah, I always take the droid in his place. And that's sad. Because, well, no, the droid doesn't. No. Stop and go. The droids feel depressed. Which, which droid? Which droid? Well, both. that's that's going to lead into the next question. But but Mike, yeah. what 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 games blew you away the first time? Um, the one that comes to mind immediately. Um, and there's I've played a lot of games, but the one that comes to mind immediately because I remember seeing a trailer for it, and I was like, this looks like fucking hokey bullshit. And and I saw the trailer for it. I think it was on. File Planet, of all places. You remember File Planet? I remember. It was before IGN bought it out and closed it down. That's where you went and got your patches. Remember, you can't spell ignorant without IGN. (laughs) Ooh. Damn. Hey, if they're listening, they can go fuck themselves. Fair enough. Well, they they probably agree with that assessment. Um, (laughs) However, uh, no, I watched it on File Planet. I was like, what the fuck is... All right, whatever. This looks dumb. But then I got an... I had... I don't remember how I got a hold of it. It was Mass Effect 1. 
and I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, this looks like hokey bullshit, but all right, right. I'm looking for something new to play. And I was blown away by the storytelling because I played Knights of the Old Republic just yeah. like the rest of just like you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize that it was Bioware that made that and also then made Mass Effect. Well, think about just for a second what kind of dynamite or dynamite heroin or crack or whatever creative juice Bioware had back then because in a five-year span, you see Neverwinter Nights, mm -hmm. you see Knights of the Old Republic, and you see Mass Effect. Yeah, the first one, the first Mass Effect. Yes, and that was the day when I, I bought Mass Effect because it was a Bioware RPG. I was I, like, oh shit. I didn't buy it when it first came out because I thought it, like, as I said, looked hokey as shit. I yeah. was like, what the, f like, this trailer made no sense. It was like, you get to make the decisions. I'm like, yeah, but Nice Old Republic did that. Yeah. That's what I came to my mind, but I didn't make the connection that the same studio made it. Right. And so when I played it, and I realized how deep it was, especially, I think, like, there's a ton of moments, but one of my, one of the ones that comes to mind is when you go to meet that, like, what is it, like a, it's not a arachnid, is, it, is that what it's called? Some kind of, like... Oh, the arachnid queen. The arachnid yeah. queen. Yeah. And you go to meet them, and the moral choice you get to make there. Snuff a race out. Mm -hmm. Snuff a race out, but also, would it be a bad thing? But then, my mind didn't go there. I went, what would happen if I did let them go? Like, how much damage could they possibly do? And I was just more being morbidly curious. Yeah. Because I was like, no, wait, I want to see what happens. Well, in Mass Effect 2, some lady comes up to you and she's like, they thank you. And then she leaves. Yeah, basically. Oh, well, yeah. And yeah. then you had... Deep storytelling. Um, you had uh, Ashley and then Karth in Mass Effect 1. Caden Olenko, oh, a.k.a. I, Karth you, looked, you had to look it up because you didn't know either. I did I not. I, I was Bullshit. like... Who? No, I... I <laughs> I no, I'm saying I did not know who that guy's name was because he was just mayonnaise. I, and and to further drive that point home, I was waiting for an opportunity to make a Karth joke, and I was gonna say Kevin or Kyle because I thought that's what the character's yeah. name was. Well, and that's I just called him Karth too. Yeah, well, it was like, and I everyone made it was like Ashley's such an asshole, but I'm like, what's your other option, mayonnaise? I went with the mayonnaise because. At some point, her character got so grating. I was like, you know what? I don't want to hear her anymore. Yeah, funk that. Man, there's yeah. nothing important about this guy. He's real Shut boring. Karth. But as Tex pointed out, she was actually, like, RPG-wise, a really good character what, what, to have. Yeah. If, if, if you put all of her stance into just becoming this giant break tank, it's hilarious because you get into gunfights and she's like, Shepard, I'm hit. Shepard, help. And she's, like, walking through a hurricane of bullets. And, and you're just like, no, I'll be back here. Slagnar the unkillable. I will destroy you. Yeah, Mass Effect 1 was a, a series that caught me by surprise, and uh, the story was really well told. Until the second game where... We're, we're going to get into that. Yeah, uh, where, where they watered the mead down. You yeah, know? well, and, yeah. and so the, the other game I want to say that really grabbed me was like this strange real setting for Ace Combat 4, 5, and 0. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that, because I know almost nothing about Ace Combat. Give me, like, give me a, like a rundown. Well, it's it's a big, long series, but the ones I'm most familiar with are 4, 5, and 0. Um, strange Real is an analog to the modern world. It's It has its own countries. It has its own back history. It's an alternate world. It's a strange real world. It, it has nations. The nations have backstories. They've had wars. They've had long histories. There's different forms of government. But the one thing that's same in this world are the military aircraft. So it's basically the game makes you feel like Top Gun. Because okay. you fly into these insane Tom Clancy-esque 
scenarios where like a war starts and it's dirty and it's a false flag operation and you're trying to figure it out and it's completely over the top nonsense because there's boss battles you're fighting like submarine aircraft carriers and giant flying wings and everything else but it makes you feel like a hero and i'd Mm. never felt that in a game before where i was like i'm a hero you know, it's not like Fable, where they're like, you be the hero. It's like, well, time to go destroy this village to get money. You know, it, it, it was Lord Arseface, you know. I put that... Try to get I your used, combat multiplier even higher, hero. I, I never... low, hero. Oh, God. Uh, I always saw that game, like, I, I, I saw it when I, like, when it first came out. I think it was on PlayStation 2 was the first game. Uh, Xbox, I think. Xbox, okay. Chicken chaser. Um, and I, I, I never really got into it, and uh, I put it in the, for some reason in my head, I put it in the same place as Armored Core, but you can't, because Armored Core is unfair. Hmm. You, you, if you've never I look, played look, Ace, Ace Combat, yeah. you have to play Ace Combat. Okay. Um, I'll take that recommendation. Now, my next question, follow-up question, best NPC in any video game, and hands down... There is one who is just one we're all going to have a pretty good consensus who on is here. Uber Aulis. Yep. And his name is. is HK47. Yes. God, he's so fucking good. Now we're just going to sound like like a bunch of nerd shills. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. HK47 <laughs> was the best because you're, you're in a Sand Raider village yes. and he's like, statement, these people are asking to die. And you're like, is that the translation? And he's like, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I think that's a perfectly good consensus in terms of NPCs. He is the best. He's also the most quotable, but he's also the one you could bring along uh, as, you know, when you play any RPG, you have to have your wild card. I am programmed to kill. <laughs> okay, so let's, okay, aside from HK47 in, in Arcanum, which we didn't cover much of Arcanum in terms of story because we can talk about Arcanum all fucking day. That yeah. we did last time. Yes. But the best NPC to bring along that's like HK47. Um, there's there's some interesting choices in yeah. Arcanum. Um, I actually, even even though I think he's really fucking annoying, I, I do like bringing along the dwarf that's lost. Oh, right. Because he's like, no, I'm really a dwarf. Yeah, I the, have all these uh, things. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's a character that is hopeless but blustering, and it's why I remember him. Okay, um, you're going to have to explain this one to me because I have no clue what you're talking about. There, there's a dwarf in Arcanum you meet in Tarant um, off of... He's he's right outside of Peace, Skylar, and Sons, mm-hmm. and it's, it's sad I can remember exactly where, um, but it, for Arcanum, it's an iconic moment. And you run into him, and he's a dwarf who's trying to research his family history, and he's so easy to offend. The character has social norms. So, like, if you're like, oh, what clan are you with? He's like, you'll never ask a dwarf his clan! You know, and he he has all of these... It's the first time in a game I had an NPC that would get offended. Yeah. Absolutely. And and if you do stuff that makes him mad, he goes, no, I'm not going with you. And he'll just stand there with his arms crossed. And it was an NPC that was stubborn. It was the, That's why it rings out in my head. Hmm. But the character is also kind of a moral compass because he's like, I don't care for that very much. And he would make little commentary here and there. I also like Virgil a lot, even though he's the first character you get because at first you think he's this bumbling priest and then later you find out he's like a former hardened criminal yeah. who joined a priesthood. 
and he leaves you for a while. Yeah, and, and then he, he comes, comes back. Yeah, he comes back. Oh, I took care of some business. Yeah, and people are dead, and that's whoops. That yeah. So Arcanum had a lot of really cool NPCs. Fallout and Fallout One and Fallout Two um, also follow in the same. Yeah, they they yeah. had they had NPCs with depth. Everyone had a story. Um, yeah. And it, some stories were very simple. Some stories were very deep. But it, it was um, like one of the things I remember running into in Fallout 1 was the ZAX computer that's been sitting at the bottom of the glow for a long time. And it's like, oh, finally someone to talk to. And I have to replay this game, man. I It's been... I The last time I played that was... 2005. I, I played it on the channel a few years ago. Okay. I did a full run, full run through a Fallout, and I, I did a pretty thorough run. I, I, rem I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those games like Arcanum that I, I like to replay every so often, but I hadn't touched that since 2005. Arcanum's great. So any other favorite NPCs now yeah, that we're yeah, branching I, out? I, I, uh, I like the interplay specifically, not just one over the other, but the uh, in Mass Effect, the original. Uh, the interplay between having uh, Garrus and Rex yeah, in the party. Shepherd. And the crosstalk that they had, it always felt very like buddy cop kind of movie, you know? Well, then um, they were alien lenses on what you did. And that was the other cool thing is, is a lot of the other characters were human, so I felt that that was a really good way to get a wider perspective on what was going on was through them. and the And then, of course... Uh, Mortis, Mordian, yeah, Morden. 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 Yeah. I am the very model of a scientist, Solarian. Yeah, he's um he's pretty cool as well. Uh, I'm I'm actually at kind of a loss for uh, for other what was that favorite? What was that that like beef marine guy in the third game? I didn't play the third. <laughs> let me let me tell you how many of the uh, companions in the third game I can rattle off from memory. <laughs> that guy was so. Who's an elephant? That's there. You go. There's the list. That's all that I can remember from third game from memory. <laughs> so I, think I just remember that guy, and I watched. I'm like, holy fucking shit! Did they just take his model and went scale him by four point four? No x four. Oh yeah, my god! Um, yeah, just uh, just take him and big McLarge huge him into into huge McThumpfon. He looked like, like the guy you'd god. You'd go to a gym who's like working way harder than everyone else. And he's like super beefed up. And then he's like, yeah, I got, like, so many guns, you know. I, I was in the Marines. Wasn't he always, like, fucking working out in the cargo yeah. bay or whatever? Like Always. God, if I was a captain of a ship, I'd he, be so pissed. I'd be like, hey, guess juicing. what? This isn't the gym. Clean your shit up. He was juicing the whole time. So that's, your, Bro, that's one of your companions. It's a guy who juices all day. No. I'm juicing <laughs> Kenyon Merrick here. Um, <laughs> all right. All it's right. your boy, Kenyon Merrick. All right. So here's the, uh, here's this, that's a wonderful segment of the next thing. And this is something that provoked a lot of debate, so we added it to our topic list. Games you were supposed to like, <laughs> but didn't. And by that, I mean games that all your friends said, aren't you excited for this? Look at the trailer for this. And everyone's talking about it, and everyone yammers on about it, and it's advertised, and it's on TV, and it's on YouTube, and it's in ads, and it's on your phone, and it's in your newsfeed. And when you sat down and finally played it, there was disappointment. Oh, there's a requirement where I have to have played it because I was going to rattle off a list of games, but I haven't played any of them. So. Well, 
we we can cover anything that falls into that. I mean, I mean, name name any of the well AAA games over the past like five years. Well, like, let's stop beating around the bush and just say it. Let's go ahead and lose some subscribers. And let's say just go ahead and say Divinity like Original Divinity, Sin. Yeah, Divinity Original <laughs> Sin. Divinity Original Sin. I'm, it's like a big middle finger. I I am hugely <laughs> upset at Divinity Original Sin, and this is gonna earn me some ire. We need to really explain why we don't like this, because I know so many people, a that lot of my do. friends, fucking love this game. And, and here's here's I'm sorry, I don't understand. Here's here's why it, the game is gorgeous. Everything in the background can be interacted with. I can pull paintings off walls. I can pick up weapons. All of that looks beautiful. The maps are huge and mm-hmm. fun. The story is yeah. But the gameplay is so bone dry and boring. It oh, welcome yeah. to the Mushroom Kingdom. You must answer me these riddle three, or I shall break your kneecaps. And like, wow, wh- what? Oh, dude, you didn't answer correctly. I remember now you're sitting there. In the story. <laughs> I remember a lot soft locking the game, hard locking the game, having the game glitch out. Sit there in turn-based combat and go, man, I need to level up. Well, you have leveled up. You need to go buy a skill from a store. What? Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. just the absurdity of high fantasy turned up to 11, which I'm not against, but there's just a, a certain point where I kind of go, will you just fucking chill out so I could figure, like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I yelled it at my computer, and someone was listening, and they're like, oh, well, the story, did you read your journal? I'm like, I don't fucking read the journal. When do I, when do you open up the fucking journal and read it and go, oh, yeah, that's what I got to do? In games that are fucking boring. Unless you're playing Arcanum, where, you pointed this out in Arcanum, and I I don't mean to bring it back. No, no, it's, it's, in Arcanum, the journal's hilarious. It's really well written, but it's also to the point. It doesn't meander for 20 pages. Yeah, it's like, they told me to do this, so I must go here. That's what I'm saying, is like, every other game where you're doing a quest for someone, they treat you like what you are. The hired help, like, I need you to go to point A, do X, Y, and Z, and then come back. Then fuck off. Not give you a fucking, you know, eight-page iambic pentameter soliloquy about, you know, some sort of interpretive dance bullshit, and then it's like, oh, figure it out. And and this is where people would come in and say, have you three played the game? And it's like, yes, yes, I have. I gave both games, both one and two, my honest try. And I have a lot of patience for games. I play fucking adventure games from the 90s that would drive people insane. The the issue I found is that Nick and I played the first one, and I remember we, we ran up on the beach, and some guy had, like, jumped off the cliff, and then there was, like, a talking point back and forth that was, like, an arguing point. And it was pointless. It, it wasn't even role-playing. It's just like someone who had never designed a game before said, wouldn't it be fun to put this in here? I remember that the most fun I had in that game was when we were playing as a group. And, and sneaking and stealing. One of us would distract the shopkeeper by talking to them with their back to their valuables, and then the other person would rob them blind. And yeah, then we walk around as a barrel and go... Yeah, uh, that was that was the most entertainment I got out of that game. Well, and the problem is, is I I have issues with people playing turn based games when they take rounds that are way too long. And oh. in, in multiplayer for that uh-huh. game, you'll sit there and you'll be like, okay, I can do this or I can do that. Every combat encounter is like some kind of fucking differential equation of action points. 
Well, right. To figure out how you, well, I've got to CC this person, but then I have to do this here. And it's just like micromanaging look, man, video like, game nonsense reminds me of raiding in World of Warcraft. And I hate that. And it's, it's but, annoying. And it was like every single combat encounter in that game felt like it was crafted by someone. Like, well, this is the raid mechanic at play in this combat. Well, I got to put, like, make the floor no. wet with my wet spell well, and then cast lightning to get the damage differential. And then I need to shoot that guy in the face. And let me explain this to you um i applied russian magic to that game yeah and i cheated my fucking ass off and i finished the first episode and then i uninstalled it and i never played it again and i mean like the first chapter of the story like i got to the i got to the place beyond port town or whatever the fuck it's called and i was like no we're done here that's that's i've seen all i came to see I, but you're not even near the level cap you can't i don't i don't care i, I don't care I, I was playing with somebody else who really enjoyed the game and wanted me to play it and experience it, and I couldn't get into the game because, you know, this the they also were, like, running ahead and doing all the things, and I was, like, not aware of what was happening. But when I also played it by myself, and I was like, then I wasn't really missing much because I, I was reading this stuff, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But then I realized, like, I was making them mad because I was going around and just stealing shit. And they were like, oh, no, you're supposed to be over here helping. And I'm like... Helping what? Where? Where is anything? Where yeah, are no we? Shit. What is happening? Why does it not tell me as your companion? Anytime I played that game with someone else, it's a it's it's a combination of where are you, and then yeah. um, hey, in order for us to cheese this next part, you need to jump on this corner of this rock and right. jump three times and get glitched between the scenery, and then catapulted into this other part of the map, and it's like, what? What? Yeah. Whatever Why? happened to enjoying Why? the game? Why can't I just do what I do a in game Skyrim and run up to this guy and hit him with a hammer until he falls down? <laughs> Take his things and go sell them. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Yeah. Sh- it's like what you said. You shouldn't have to try yeah. to enjoy a game. When a game is like, this is one of the things that really fucking pisses me off when someone tells me about a game. They're like, the game gets good about at this part of the game. You mm-hmm. have to like you have to go through all this other shit. Then it gets good, and I'm like, I, why? Then okay, I'm like, I don't want to play the game. Well, then and here's here's the thing I'm realizing more as I get older. Um, oh, I'll, I'll be 36 this year. I'm probably middle aged based on you know health and family. Um, so I might have maybe another good 30 years of playing games before I'm senile and unable to do stuff and just want to sleep all the time and watch TV. So why should I waste one? fucking second on trying to have fun and instead have fun yeah well that sounds like a difficult concept well and that's the thing is it's like in this may be unfair but i compare games like this like we're talking about to games like neverwinter nights even mm. though neverwinter nights is old i can still play it and enjoy it i was playing it last night I couldn't sleep. I was playing number one of nights. I was having a great time. I was like, oh man, I can do this 10 different ways. There's all these classes and stuff like that. That's why a game like Dwarf Fortress still has appeal. There's other city builders out there that do other things very well. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to have a city builder that, you know, simulates a world, sorry, but ASCII is, ASCII art Dwarf Fortress is the cornerstone of that empire right now. Well, right. And and that's the thing is, if, if there's a good game, play it. But... All the people who told me, this is the greatest game, you gotta play it. This is the greatest game, you gotta play it. I noticed that after a month, no one played it. Mm-hmm. And since then, none of them have ever been playing well, I was gonna, I was gonna rattle off at the start of this thing before you added the caveat of, um, you know, games you've played. I mean, look at, 
Look at Counter-Strike. Look at Fortnite. Look at Apex Legends. Look at, you know, they're just now coming out with Valorant. Look at any sports game, any racing game. All the Call of Duties. It's like, oh, man, this is the best game ever. The fish swim away from you when you get near them. And then it's like, hey, remember that Call of Duty game where the fish swim away? And you're like, what? No Russian? A machine gun. PUBG? What? Warzone? Battleground? It blurs into nonsense, and that's the thing: is the people who say this is the greatest, this is the greatest, da, 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 they don't play it a month on. It's it's all I have the attention of a five year old, and this is today's recycled tripe, and I'm gonna forget about it tomorrow. Well, and I agree with you. It's it's like play what intrigues you. Don't follow the latest trend, because I know people who buy every Games Workshop branded game. Oh my God, this is Warhammer. Oh my God, this is 40K. Oh my God, it's this. And I go, and, and they just talk about it. And I go, yes, Games Workshop was great once. They also throw that license out to anyone with two brain cells in a wallet. And you, you should wait to see if it's a good game before you buy it. And then, like me, I buy my games, unless it's something like Command & Conquer Remastered, which is coming out tomorrow. Right. And I love the shit out of Command and & Conquer, and I'm hoping they didn't fuck it up. But I want to give them money because it's Petroglyph, which are old Westwood guys, and I want to support them doing more of their old Westwood stuff. I think that'd be great. But the thing is, is I buy my games once a year, which is at Christmas on the Steam sale. And I, it, it'll be like, hey, did you want to play all this Warhammer stuff? Well, now I can buy all of it for $50 mm-hmm. rather than buy $200 of DLC to enjoy a game that should have been a game. And people think I'm crazy. Well, and also part of that is people who aren't, aren't a part of a consistent community of gamers that they mm-hmm. can play with or just have like a few friends. They all want to jump onto the wagon that they know eventually will lose its online or multiplayer thing yeah. because that's the that's the unfortunate side effect of poor multiplayer support that has happened over the last well, yeah. decade where yeah. you have games that used to have dedicated servers and all these other things. Yeah, you can go back and play. Some games are still online, but right. a lot of the big games of the fucking year that come out don't have their fucking shit after two years. And yeah. that's, that's why I have a list of games I enjoy playing. And well, I play them. Yeah. And what does it say about the gaming industry now that the the biggest things on the market in in the past, I, I would say for 2020 and maybe in the lead up, you know, late 2019 are remakes. Yeah. World of Warcraft 3 remastered. Homeworld remastered. Yeah. I'm and, sorry, not World of Warcraft. Warcraft 3 remastered. Well, right. You know, but and, even then, World of Warcraft, they Command did a and classic. Conquer. They you did know, a World classic of Warcraft of, classic. Yeah. There, I think the gaming industry realizes that it's it has used corporatism. It doesn't and, have to try anymore. And mass, yeah. just mass production. It has applied mass production yeah. industrial principles to video game making, and that well, doesn't work because video games are art. Well, they can be. Can be. And, they should. And, the good ones are. Well, right now they're just making sausage and yeah. they're they're yeah, jamming just, it. Just oh, everyone's the handle. Yeah, well, they're just put the sausage in. Oh, well, the thing is, is EA will spend many times the game's actual development budget in ads. So yeah. you have Super Bowl ads for games. You have every YouTuber <laughs> getting early copies and endorsing it. You have people on stream. Remember Fallout 76? Remember yep. the launch stream oh, yeah, with man. Hey, Rick and can... Morty? Wow, that sure was fun. Oh, man, let's talk about, you know, the, the collector's edition bag of, of great justice that was trash. Covered in mold and all that other fun shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, well, and, and it, it's, it's the thing is... This I'm, this isn't new. I'm going to tell a, a, a story, and it this because this is what it reminds me of. Uh, I used to work for uh, a group, and they had they had IT problems constantly. 
And they're like, well, we put all this money into IT. Why doesn't, why doesn't our IT work? We got sat down by the director of IT. And the director of IT was like, you know, we spend a lot of money on IT and people keep throwing shade at us. And uh, he showed us, he let us take a look under the hood. And he was like, our, our IT budget is this many millions of dollars. And uh, all but like 40% of it was spent on other people's shit. Yeah. Only like 40% of IT's actual budget went to IT. And it's the same thing with game developers now. They're like, oh, well, this is a multi-million dollar game. Like, how many millions did you spend on the game? Well, and that's why I like... And then they wonder, you know, you can't... Because the the question this person posed to the higher-ups was, how are you going to spend all your money on not IT and then bitch about the IT? And you look at these games and you're like, how are you going to spend all your money on advertising and not on the game and then wonder why people don't like the game? Well, because they can buy those reviews yes, and and they can buy that influence and it doesn't matter what people think because one of the things I've learned is to embrace stuff like Metacritic because you look at Metacritic and you see the popular people's review of games, your game journalists, your, you know, your big influencers and it's like 8.9, 9.5, you know, up there and then you see the 10,000 people who reviewed this and you see something much more consistent. And if you remove the flyers, the highest and lowest, you'll see a lot of consistent, this is a six out of 10, it's mediocre at best, it's half-baked. Well, and the thing that worries me about that is you see basically the games industry putting itself in this bubble where it's like, oh, yeah. oh no, it's it's fine. Everything's good. We got all these good reviews. It's it's great. It's you know, everything's perfect. And it's like, no, it's not selling well, because I haven't, the people don't like it. You uh, can buy all the reviews you want, but ultimately if your product is shit, no one's gonna buy it. Well and speaking of, I mean that's that's the thing is it's the last Double Blizzard Fine Studios. Well the the last Blizzard product I bought was Diablo three. And after that, and after having my uh, Diablo or my Battle.net account hacked twenty four <laughs> times, the week they put in money in the auction house because they wanted a damn thing and how many times do you think was like there was the original hack and then how many times after that do you think it was it was hackers hackers hacking hackers to get to the hackers that hack the hackers so they can get their stuff back and it it shows that i haven't bought anything from blizzard in a long time because i have this thing called a functional memory (laughs) where where i can go hmm that game was kind of shit I'm not interested in buying anything. I saw the writing on the wall with the first teaser. Yeah. Uh, of Diablo three. Yeah. Something about it didn't. Something about it get, set off red al- like a red alert in my head. I was like, this is not going to be the Diablo you're interested in because it was just like a it was like a little cinematic trailer. It didn't show mm-hmm. anything, and I was yeah. like, that's not a good sign. Well, in the how reason- do you how do you show a game and not because oh, this was early? This was before they started like really doing that more often. I was like. It's missing the gameplay. And I yeah. pointed out, I'm like, she's like the girl talking and it, it's like, I am the the niece of Deckard Kane. I'm like, oh, Deckard Kane dies. And I typed that in the comments. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Deckard Kane dies in probably the first chapter of the game. And the, the fucking plot just goes downhill from there. And it's supposed to be, oh, killing Diablo again. And like after the game release, I still have never played the game. After the game release, somebody came back that comment like, how you know? 
was like spelled poorly. Like how you know? And I was like, it's fucking uh, right well, there. And the pretty much telegram foreshadowing. Yeah, um, the foreshadowing was horrible, ha- well, horribly happy-handed. And I the was thing, like, what the fuck? The thing is, is people are gonna think I'm some grognard, which I am. Um, but That's pe- fine. People are going to think I'm some sort of you know asshole looking down on people because I don't buy the latest and greatest games. And it's I do. I wait till Christmas. And then I see if it's worth it. Yeah. But the, the ultimate thing is, is it's why would you keep giving these a-holes money? They want to they want to support. But the thing is, is that they they got so good at astroturfing on top of these indie developers. Well, yeah. Oh, geez. Well, in, yeah. Well, so now everyone thinks supporting a big company is like supporting like fucking the guys who made Super Meat Boy. Well, no. and that's, that's the thing it's that not, blows my mind is the people who go... Man, isn't this fucked up? Look at what this big publisher did to the studio. Are the same people who buy that game. Mm-hmm. And I go, guys, the gaming industry was not corrupted by some nefarious man coming in and twirling his mustache. The gaming industry was corrupted by idiots who bought everything that looked neat. Yeah. And then that's what they'll make because this is capitalism. People, if I and everyone else in America suddenly said, you know what? We're not buying soap anymore. Do you think they're going to make as much soap three months from now? No. no they're going to make something else. They're going to find to a way to sell us what we want. So when people are like, Tanks, what game do you recommend? What would you buy? I say, hey, go pledge Dwarf Fortress. Because if we can show people that there is a financial way to make a success out of something that requires a lot of hard work, we'll see a lot more unique games like that. Because even if you don't play Nor Fortress, you're aware of it. You're aware of the bedrock place it has. Even if you've not played Space Station 13, the lid's been pulled off that. And you find a lot of people trying to copy it. Well, I find that a lot of people who argue in favor of all this stuff really have nothing to say that makes any sense. And It's I, noise. And, and the stuff we're saying here is not new. No, it's, 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 this is stuff I've thought of for 15 years. Yeah. And it's become really pervasive, too. Uh, even with, I was reading a PC article or a PC gamer article about, uh, the new Unreal engine that came out and it's gotten to the point where even PC gamers sitting there like, what does this engine contribute? Like, I, I really don't care if I can get higher fidelity dust on the wall that my character moves past in the game. Like what it, it's, a, it's, it's an, new for the sake of new. It doesn't contribute anything in the engine to how you interact with the world or, you know, what kind of, you know, enhanced interaction with PCs or AI does this support the creation of? It's just it prettier. Well, like, but it's a byproduct of, of an age where that kind of advertising in the old days of E3 would have fucking blew people away. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are starting to question, what's the point of RTX? What's the point of these fucking high-end graphics cards if none of our games uh, are... Bitcoin f- mining. That, but then again... <laughs> Joke's on me for buying an RTX card. Bop, bop, bop. Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. It's it's the advertising behind it that I have an issue with because it's selling us something that doesn't exist. Right. Because mm. it's not to say mm. that ray tracing isn't there. It's just that it's not there it's not in mainstream the, in games. No. I, I bought it to future proof. Yeah, but it, that's and smart. because it was because it was an improvement over my existing processor and I was having trouble playing some games well, that were new. Here's here's the thing that really yeah. boggles the mind is when when people say this game's the greatest game, I've been doing this in the Legion, and some people who are listening now are going to realize I've been doing this. I ask them, six months from when I see them stop playing that game on occasion, I go, how was so-and-so? <laughs> and they go, uh, let me think. And then they try to tell me about Forgettable. it. But 
ultimately, largely, it is for. Sometimes I'm surprised, and they go, "It's actually really great." I'm thinking about reinstalling it and replaying it. That stuff I bookmark, mm-hmm. and I put that away for later. Like Diggs has had some really good opinions on games, saying, "No, that's that's right up your alley." If you like mm. Caves of Cud, you like this or that. Uh, Warband. Yeah, Mountain Blade 2 Warband and yeah. uh, Space Haven that just came out, they're in that. I'm probably going to uninstall them uh, and, and just let them sit for a few months. I was months about to ask year. about Space Haven because it looked like a game I could get lost in. Huge well, amount of promise, but it's just, it's, it's, it's early bones access right and now. it's not there yet. Okay. But it's, but, I, thank you. I have, every time that I've turned it on, I've gotten lost in it. I think they have a lot of great systems in play and they appear to be moving in a direction to expand on those. Mm-hmm. So now the question is just, are they going to deliver? Yeah. And it's, it's always the early access pitfall. Um, and the, the thing is, is I, I really enjoy learning more about games from people I like and respect their opinions. But it's it's one of those things where if you look in the Legion what people are playing, it's usually older games. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. they know they like them mm-hmm. and they're not willing to buy the latest version of it. I'll tell you right now, I've uh, I've bought every Total War game that has ever come out and I am not going to get Troy. And Troy is going to be from, if I read correctly, Troy is going to be free on the Epic Game Store when it comes out. I'm not going to get it. I don't want it. Well, and that's that's the thing is if if you just keep finding experiences where you go, <sighs> well, it's I'll tell you what Troy is. Troy is what Three Kingdoms is, and what Three Kingdoms is is an attempt to take the hero mechanics of Total War Warhammer and transplant it into an RT or into their more traditional formula. And that's kind of a shame. I don't want to play an Empire Total War where Napoleon Bonaparte charges down the field and like topples four units of line infantry. Nobody, it's not real. Like nobody fucking cares. Right. And it's, it's the same thing we've seen again and again where games try to move toward the more casual audience and games try to move toward it's it's not even that it it's, was it's more fantastical yeah because if, if you look at like battlefield one right it replicates nothing of world war one oh no no but I because watched, it's uh... it's it's a movie version of it it's mm-hmm. more fantastical which is what they're appealing to that casual audience because well, I, I watched a video of a guy playing it and uh somebody apparently if you do well enough the thing you can call it you can call it a dreadnought of course and i was why like not? Dude, that's fucking crazy. And then these guys get in torpedo boats and they just torpedo it to death. And I'm like, what about the like 26 four inch guns that would just be, I mean, that thing would look like the fucking 4th of July if you put it 400 meters off the coast of a battle zone. Well, yes, but it only requires uh, two or three people to drive a dreadnought. Exactly. Exactly. And I was going to say, you know, that segues right into my question that I wanted to ask now that I've thought about it is with everybody having to stay home because of the of the virus and all the curfews right now as according to this podcast, hopefully by the time we're in the future, those are over. But, you know, with everyone having to work from home and the, the majority of people that these games were made for were like people who come home from work after a long day at the factory or wherever the fuck they were the office and they want to throw on some Madden or some other, you know, turn it on and play it and turn your mind off game and then go to sleep. Mm-hmm. How, let's say that this, this continues going on for another year, you know, people still having to stay at home, which it very well might. How will that affect those games that are coming out? Cause you know, those people have been sitting at home and they're like, okay, I played call of duty to fucking death. 
I and want some, something with more depth. Well, it's like sitting around and eating yeah. potato chips. Yeah. I, potato chips are great. I like I like to eat some potato chips. I like to pour out some dip and you know throw down on some some nachos or whatever. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to eat nachos for three square meals a day. Well, I, right, and yeah. that's that's you know, what I don't we're wanna, talking about. I don't want to drink Bud Light all day because. Just, well, and I'm not trying to shit on people who like that because there's yeah. times where I come home. And I just want to turn my fucking brain off. Exactly. And, and oh, th- I, there's a reason for games like that. I have had plenty of fun. I, I'm not going to sit here with a straight face and tell you that Mercenaries 2 is the is the pinnacle of high art and political statements. Oh, of game. course. No, it's where you run around like a fucking psychopathic Norwegian and you call in the fucking B-52 strikes on some poor schmuck in a guard tower because it's funny. Right. And there, there's games like that where it's just mindless. And it, it's yeah. fun to have that mindless game. Yes. Like, the problem is, is, as Mike said, what's it going to be like when you've played Call of Duty to death? That's why these games die. That's why they have lifespans. Well, and I think that's also why there's a rise in people getting into MMOs right now. Mm. I, I of, think so. I there's think a lot so. of people who are like realizing like the games that they have been playing lack the kind of depth. And also, they don't have anything to do. Those games were designed to activate that part of your brain that goes, you did it. it every time mm-hmm. you fill up a bar, every time you get a level, that, oh, yeah. that little celebration you have, a little dopamine, like, here you go, a little dopamine thing for you, just for you. There you go. Right. Go and, fuck yep. off. Go kill some more wolves. Let's play hit, Eve. Don't, pl- don't, don't expect dopamine from Eve. Oh, look at you. You got out in the asteroid belt murdered by pirates. Yeah. You, well, oh, I feel okay. like Eve has That's... become more of a story generator than it is like... It's, it's yeah, certainly the problem was is, for me. The yeah. problem is that the people generating the story do things like... Uh, arrange space stations in the shape of swastikas and then say, oh, I'm sorry, someone else did that. I didn't know it was happening. But um, That's who's in charge of your content creation. Well, and I, I was thinking, like, that's probably why there's such a big rise in MMOs right now. Um, but I'm thinking, like, you know, say this is going on for another year. Well, that that's probably going to impact... Uh, a lot of games that are going to come out and they're going to see like people are going to play them you know they're going to they're going to have but the turnaround on people not playing them is going to be a lot higher I think I'm well, I'm also kind of hopeful that they start making games of depth again at least the big the well, big yeah. guys I do. mean Im- imagine if imagine if a game with the depth of Fallout and Fallout 2 came oh, out man. today with the polish that Fallout and Fallout 2 had imagine if that came out today mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's going to be Cyberpunk well, but I mean, it, so am I. It but to but be seen. that reminds me is I, I'd written down some of the games we discussed earlier, where games that you were supposed to like that everyone says you gotta play this, and um, I, I will admit that I have very limited opinion on on one of these games, but I know both of you have some opinions on this, and this we may get flack for uh, the Witcher series. Now I hold on. <laughs> I I only well, Mike had to put the pin back in the grenade. God damn! <laughs> Hold the spoons. Easy, put it back in. Easy. Um, I had only ever played Witcher three, and I got into it, and all I knew about it was it was written by this Polish dude, and it's kind of a high fantasy setting, and there's monsters, and there's a guy who's kind of a monster who goes around and hunts them. He's like a monster hunter and a monster killer. And he's like a roving good, goody, good guy, kind of, mm. who, who, mm-hmm. who, does, who does that. Uh-oh. Um, And one of the things that I saw is I get into The Witcher 3 and there's some exposition and dialogue that I didn't know what to make, make of. I, stuff that I was hoping to pick up along the way. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a practice where I had to fight a man. And it was uh, lock on combat. It was it was pretty much fable. Yeah, lock on a guy and dance around. And I said, well, this is 
awkward. And then I went to a tavern and became lost in a game called Gwent Ugh. that I found to be 10 times more interesting than chasing down monsters. Interesting. I hate Gwent. And that was, well, I love tabletop games. Well, that's fair. But I, and then after that, I realized I had gotten this game that has all these reviews for story and everything else. And, and you enjoyed the game in the game. I played a tabletop game inside a game. <laughs> then again, I was also <laughs> the guy in Knights of the Old Republic who played a lot of Pazak. So that's okay. It's, I, I mean, that's an extension of role playing, though, you know? No, well, no, I, I like those kinds of games where they like they have you know final fantasy triple triad and stuff well, I, like that. I, love, I like i like those i love role playing and yeah. I, I i always throw myself into the role yeah and and oh. so i was like oh this is a popular game this is a poor small town and this is their tavern and this is the common game this risk stratego thing very well i will play gwent and yeah you know had, that's had, fun yeah and that, but the problem was is i realized i'm having more fun than this than i am chasing down a do griffin or whatever yeah yep so what what did okay mike you may pull the pen on the witcher yep. grenade fuck yeah. the witcher that fucking deviant art motherfucker i i'm oh. a guy who can have sex with everybody and i don't can't inseminate him because i also oh. have wolf eyes and white, white hair and i have swords and it was literally like this fucking mary sue motherfucker who walks around with two fucking swords and cuts people apart because they're evil or some shit and i thought that was like the whole game so i played the whole first game thinking that i was gonna be this like cool badass thing and and because everyone was talking about the witcher such a great series and all this i played mm. through the whole fucking game the first fucking game the whole thing and i was angry <laughs> the whole time and i you know Hell that's yeah. one of those things where if you're not having fun with it you should stop and i yes. wanted to and the thing is i wanted to but you know what i got so mad at the people who were telling me that this game had such a well-written story oh you should do you know what they told me you should read the book Fuck the book. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Who, why would you make a game like this? Where it's like, you have so many choices wait, and you wait, could do wait this. A minute, and wait then, a so they said, they said, you gotta, no, you, Witcher 1 has such a good story. And then when you told them the story sucked, they said, well, you should have read the book. Well, then no, it doesn't have a good story. The book has a good story, you yeah, fucking dumb piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, that was my interaction with it. If you had a better time with The Witcher 1, bless you i'm glad that you had a great time i had a horrible time because every quest that i did for someone ended with some fucking tits on a card yeah they gave that, me a card with like a naked lady i'm like am i collecting playboy fucking cutouts or something that, what that's the what fuck that's is what happening? ruined it for me like I, it, like and it became like this game about like oh the sexy it's like all ugh. this it became like they were trying to make like an hbo series in a video game using the same engine as kotor it made me feel like i was playing like a game with that socially awkward 15 year old that, that is obsessed with telling you like yeah I've seen boobs I've had sex look at these tits like the witcher is fucking skeleton king um, dude <laughs> like dude no because he's like I, that's I when I described him to somebody everybody was like yeah that kind of is like that it's like he's a deviant art care OC do not ugh. steal where he's just like I have white long hair and I have a beautiful <laughs> face and I have wolf eyes but I can have sex and not get any diseases and I don't <laughs> Disseminate, and I'm like, 
So oh. you're just this guy's, you're living the author's fantasy. <laughs> just walking around fucking a bunch of people in a medieval dirt town. Oh, and I'm also, incri- I'm, I'm completely irresistible because I'm so handsome and only the most beautiful women are attracted to me. And I tr- they, they're naked on cards all the time. And it's just, it's I tried so to play the game creepy. knowing that there was going to be a, there was like, oh, there's so many sex scenes or whatever in the game. I tried to play the whole game. No romance options. I had no choice. This dude was fucking like crazy. I went into, uh, it was like a, a, a courtesan's, like a, like a brothel, right? Yeah. It was run by vampires. I was like, oh, that's fucking, that's a cool yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if, that's if, cool front. No, no, no. If, if it was a role-playing game, like a tabletop, and you're like, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's this really high-end noble courtesan thing, but it's run by a vampire. And so you have to like go in there as a John and then kill the vampires and maybe, you know, just have this huge fight in a whorehouse. I mean, that's like greenhouse shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I went in there and it, it, it was very similar to that. They wanted me to, it was like, oh, vampires, I'm a witcher. I have to get rid of evil or whatever the fuck yeah. their, their mission. I don't know what, I don't even know if he knows what his mission is. I don't think he does. So I'm, I'm like, I go in there and I'm like, why would I want to mess with this person's private business? And I'm like... Vampires aside, they're doing business legally in this city. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So they're like, the hold gu- up in there. You're in violation of the Volstead Act. Yeah, pretty much. There was like some guard or something that was upset about it. And he was like, they're vampires and you have to do something about it. And I was like, no, I'm going to kill you and you're going to leave these people alone. Well, they keep going in and nobles keep going in and fucking them. I mean, to, tell yeah. the nobles to st- Hey, let me tell you some economics, asshole guard guy. If they stop fucking the vampires, the vampire whores will leave. And okay? That's just how it works. I get to the end of the game and it was just... I, 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 I watched the credits with a blank stare on my face because I was really upset about how, first of all, I forced myself to have a bad time instead of trying to find the good in it. Yep. That was my mistake. I could have found the good in The Witcher 1. I didn't. And I couldn't find it if I tried. Well, I, Kudos to you, because I didn't even play well, Witcher Then I get to the it second was, one. Oh, oh no. God. All oh, right. Well, I this this I, train has no brakes, my friends. Choo-choo. I get to the second one, and I quit in about the first quarter of the game, because I was like, no. I just said, I was like, all right, maybe it gets better. I was told, told the same thing I just said. It gets better at this part in the game. Yeah, but did you read the book? And I was like... It didn't. <laughs> it didn't get better. And I got mad and I deleted it. I wanted, I was like, is there, so you have the delete button on Steam. There should be a force delete forever. Give it to. Remove from my library. Just give get it this to, out of here. It, there should be a goodwill button on the fucking <laughs> Steam list. So you can just hit that and just give game. Like, here you go. Give that to someone who actually appreciate it more. And so if you appreciate I, it, that's great. So I, not for me. I had the same experience. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't even play The Witcher 1 because I saw Sorry. the reviews and the content. You're fine, man. I And I didn't even touch it. It was so colossally just immature. And I was like, I, I, I'm not going to indulge in that. And I played the second one, and I got to the point where you have to fight these harpies. Mm-hmm. But you can't just kill the harpies when they come out of their nests. So I spent all of my money on this fucking book to tell me how to fight these fucking harpies. And then I spent all the rest of my money on these fucking bombs that you're supposed to make the harpies take. And I did the mechanics wrong because I had gone to the harpy nest and killed the harpies, but there weren't any harpies to take the bombs up that I'd spent all my fucking money on. And so I softlocked myself into being poor as shit. And I was like, I'm done. I'm fucking done here. The third one. I never, I never played the third one. It did look really good though. So the it third looks one good. It yeah. is, is I've played a little bit of the third one and it's more mature. 
um, from the standpoint of a story because it's like, oh, this, you know, great supernatural entity is coming to reeve the world. And instead of being like, I go around, I fuck everything, you know, he, there's Gerald actually has some maturity about yeah. his character. Yeah, about well, there's the impending the, danger. Yeah, there's there's an apocalypse. It's not a thing. It's right. An apocalypse. Yeah. And and they actually treat it with some dignity and there's he interacts with other characters and I don't mean to stand on a soapbox but he interacts with other female characters in a way that isn't trying to get their tits out of their shirt and it's it's at least you know dignified and meaningful and makes you want to be invested in the story because it portrays Gerald as a human being and you start to learn about you know what witchers are how they're made and dude, and I'm not holy, against tits or anything, but that's just like the game is just gratuitous but about here's, it. You're here's the like, thing: when you when you take a character that's like two dimensional like that, yeah. and then you take away those immature things, oh my god, you have a relatable character that you can emote over because mm. you start to learn about what Gerald went through to become who he is, and it's this horrible traumatic thing that's made him this, you know, yeah, that makes you feel com- fuckhead. And yeah, you're it makes like, you feel compassion exactly. You know? And I mean, I'm I'm not against tits either. They're fucking great, but yeah, it's it's one of those things in games where they're as I as I've repeated a lot, especially with Skeleton King, especially with Warhammer 40k, especially with how they make games now. The theme is is they are appealing to a juvenile audience mm-hmm. that is easily titillated <laughs> by, <laughs> by very base things very simple things and the older i get the more i gravitate toward games like dwarf fortress where i can tell a story of my experience in the game and it is wholly unique Mm -hmm. and nick could tell a story of his fortress which is wholly unique if brief if brief, but it doesn't matter. That's part of it. That's, Try to get water, alligator at everybody, end of fortress. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, like the, it's like the fortress I played on stream where the guy, I was like, all right, and get some fruit out of them trees. And he falls off the ladder and breaks both of his legs. He was also the doctor. Oops. So this guy is crawling around in front of the fortress, screaming constantly. I can't do anything about it. So everyone in the stream started calling him Sir Cripplebottom. And so he sent out in oh, front of yes. the fortress, Old Dr. crawling around, screaming, and the dwarves kept bringing him water so he wouldn't die. So seasons change. The leaves fall. He's just like, ah, 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 crawling around, screaming, can't move. People keep bringing him food and water. And dwarves are like, I saw Cripplebottoms and I was sad. And, and then <laughs> caravans come and leave while they're making trades in the background. Ah, <laughs> sitting there screaming and and then eventually he snaps from being in horrible pain for three years and he gets up oh, oh no and i'm like, wait a minute uh-oh and then Hang he wanders on. off into the wilderness and dies and then his ghost haunts the fortress going like <laughs> you left me to die and i'm going this is why i love dwarf fortress oh yeah absolutely and, but and you, it, it's it's the brainlet meme thing where it's like you you tell this story of one little fortress you played once and someone's like if you press the right trigger the gun shoots the man's face off well that's fine if you want to turn your brain off at the end of a long day of shitty work but if i want to enjoy a game i want something different yep Mm -hmm. and and you know what this whole thing about mike losing his sanity over the witcher one has has reminded me of a game that 
everyone ranted and raved about and said was going to be you know like oh it's the magnum opus it's it's the it's the fading it's the swan song of this person metal gear solid 5 i let's played, talk about a story of disappointment i'm playing metal gear solid 5 and like many things hideo kojima does i have learned he loves exposition he loves uh rule of cool he loves style over substance he really badly wants to be a film director and when you've installed the 800 gigabyte movie that is any of his games, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you are a captive audience because all you want to do is run around and sneak and shoot people and steal stuff and blow up things and ride that helicopter and ride that horse and stab that guy in the face and ride in the box and do all the sabotage and da-da-da-da-da. Hideo Kojima says the ticket you must pay for that is to watch an eight-minute cutscene of someone cooking eggs or... With, with dialogue that might as well be chosen by a straw poll or throwing darts on a board because it has meaning, but it's so culturally alien yes. to most people. It's like a, I too am a human being and I wish to relate to you the horrors of war. So here's a guy with single action armies and <laughs> war has changed this is afghanistan but it's fun afghanistan oh wait a minute no hang on hang on i i, re I recognize this character this is this is revolver ocelot no it's it's shalashashka ocelot and his name has changed because of an obscure story he will tell you later in the exposition about the nature of swords in russia and afghanistan russian involvement country Here's language. what's really interesting is... Anyway, there's some bugs in your throat, and they'll kill you if you talk. Now, if you would, please. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, so, wait, wait, I'm sorry, wait a minute, what? So here's the thing that <laughs> drives me nuts about Kojima games, is you, you take an intro, which is like out of a Robert Ludlum novel, where you're in a hospital, you fade in and out of a coma, you've got doctors working on you, there's mm -hmm. been severe trauma, you're trying to figure out who you are, and then one night in the middle of the night in the hospital, someone tries to kill you. Yes. And then they raid the hospital. And, and I was then, like, up until that point, I was like, holy shit. It's like, a Robert Ludlum novel. This is, it's, this it's, is some spy shit. Like, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat yeah. for that. It, and, it, and then, I, then and I know where you're going. Then a fire golem <laughs> comes into the hospital <laughs> and absolutely face owns all these special forces dudes as some horrible deus ex machina and then as you ride away on a horsey and play red dead redemption a giant space whale chases after you no, I'm sorry. The space whale destroys the helicopter. Oh, pardon me for and being incorrect and facetious. <laughs> <laughs> and then transforms back into the fire golem to also ride a pony on your Wild West horse chase. But the rain scare him away because wet War. bad. War has changed. <laughs> it was, as oh. soon as that fire golem came out... <sighs> And the little floaty kid comes up through the floor and then goes through the ceiling. A part of my brain said, hey, buddy, you may want to uninstall this. But I didn't listen to that part of my well, brain. I, I had fun running around doing the base stuff and all that other stuff. Very cool. But every time I got to a story point, I went up and got a cup of coffee, had a shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, and yep. then I came back and I was like, oh, cool, I'm in charge again. All right, cool. And I found out that if you play it that way, 
it's like some, and this is my headcanon, some Kojima fanboys out there are going to be re-screaming. Well, guess what? It's a fucking podcast. You can't hit downvote. I can say whatever I want. So here's, here's this is going to make some people mad, but this is my headcanon, and this works. Everything in between the gameplay is as a result of massive brain damage, and you are playing through a character's life with massive cranial trauma-induced paranoid delusional schizophrenia yeah that is what makes sense to me because nothing else makes any i have played all the metal gear solid games yeah except for the one with the ninja man who has the Re revengeance or something yes yeah, yeah. that's a word i didn't yeah we'll go with that i didn't play yeah. those because they look terrible <laughs> but the the thing is with a name like Revengeance, why would you say that? The Revengeance of <laughs> Revengeance-ating. Yeah, that's that was the name because it sounds oh, retarded. But anyway, go ahead. So I I have played. My favorite was three because it was him making a Bond movie. Yeah. And I also know behind the scenes, he was not. He didn't get a chance to do what he wanted with mm -hmm. five, and they more or less forced him out and just made nonsense out of the game. Oh, well, the funny thing is that your theory is further reinforced by the fact that you complete the story. And then you must go back and complete the story again, but with different rules that make no sense. Ah, yes, remember that time that you freed What's-His-Nuts from the prison camp in Afghanistan? Now you must do it, but you start with no equipment. Like, wait, but I have, but I have a PMC, and I... I, I've but built I, this vast arsenal and tools and equipment no, you're that I want to use. You're alone in the world. No one will so, help you. And that's why I think <laughs> you're theory is very much correct i felt the same way well the, here's here's the thing i've learned about myself and, and i don't think anybody will read that i think a lot of people will agree with that well and here's the thing i've learned about myself um i i am i am absolutely autistic um i i have my uh, as i like to call it my retard card um and i i i have an overactive imagination and when when it comes down to a game or a book or a setting and the given example is shit. I just substitute my own reality. And I go, no, this is a fever drive. I mean, he had a fucking metal driven through his head. Well, yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I think that I think that's a fair uh, assumption. Which is shocking because you get kicked in the face a lot in that game. And it never seems to like go in there farther and kill him. Well, no, because I'm... once metal's entered your brain, you're fine. It's yes. not going to happen again. I mean, when... <laughs> Yeah. That's why you can't die. That's what's already in there. What are you going to do? Take it out? Ask Phineas Gage. So um, wow. here's, here's the next one. Um, and Nick wanted to talk about this. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Oh, boy. I can talk about that, too. Oh, please. That is... I, I got halfway through the game, and I could not stand anymore. Like, hey! Jesus Christ be with you, Henry. God no, bless you, Henry. No, they, they go, they're like, Henry's come to see us. And then, but no, it, my favorite was the guys. Whenever you go to the store, Jesus Christ, be players. They say it like it's a, like the, your guy to drive through, and they're like, "Welcome to Chucky Chicken. What can I do for you?" <laughs> like, and that's like Jesus Christ, be praised. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that guy sounds real. I was like, they got that guy down. Heavy, like, <laughs> in, one of the things, and I know someone's gonna give me like angry letter for this, but whatever. Um, Don't get mad about Kingdom Come Deliverance. What the fuck? That game's well, not worth getting mad well, about. And here's the it thing: it's a game that is strictly okay at you, best. The yeah. game, the game is in, you know, Southern Bohemia. Kingdom, so, of, yeah. Kingdom of Bohemia, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. And so what I think would have been great, instead of like every English accents, what I think would be really great is if they had gotten um, 
local language downright because you're using currency of the period. The bad guys speak their language, do they yeah. not? Yes. So why not have subtitles and show what it was like where you go into a church and you know you're in a church because you hear people speaking in Latin. Yeah. You go into oh, this area, you hear the different languages. You And there were parts of the game I really liked, like learning to read. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I, and, that's what I said. Was, yeah, uh, opening the book and it's just gibberish. That's, yeah, and then I you, didn't get to that point. I saw screenshots of it. I didn't but, get very far. I didn't I, like it very much. But yeah. the, well, the problems I had were the combat. The combat was... It's ass. Well, I, yeah, it was, it was the, again, lock on one guy and use the magic combination of buttons I, like i like hema i think that's fucking cool but yes, like but it's fucking cool but i don't do hema because i have fucked up bones already so but it's not even done well because they're like it's a lockdown system and a combo system right and it's not like yeah. at that point it's like it goes from immersive to arcade well, I, I broke... And the combo system didn't make any sense. It was like, well, you've learned this combo, but you need to have this sword skill, and you have to press these buttons in this you order. Need to, you need to level up your sword, sword skills in order for it to be effective. Otherwise, the enemy just goes, well, that was nothing. But then Do I get you... on a rock with a fucking bow and arrow, and I kill them with no problem. Like, why don't I just play the game, fuck swords and all the other melee weapons, and just from a distance be like, oh, no, there comes an army. I got a bow. I'll run in the forest. They'll chase my ass, and I'll just keep shooting them. I don't care. Well, my favorite part of that whole game... Sorry. Was, no, no. It <laughs> I might, get a little loud. It's, it's caffeine. Um, my favorite part of that whole game was when I found out that you can pick flowers and make a lot of money. So I'm like, instead of riding a horse between towns, I'm this wandering idiot who just slowly walks through a thing and is like... Daffodils. The real story is that Tex found out that not only can you make a lot of money, you can make a lot of murder. Well, yeah. So there, there was there was a stupid thing where you got your herbology or flowerology or whatever up really high. You could get this skill called leg day, where every time you bent down to get flowers, you gained strength. So I picked so many flowers, I was beating people to death. And they were like, who are you? And I was like, I'm the daisy man. <laughs> That's how, uh, that's how it be. It uh, yeah, be like and it that. would just stack. Yeah. Because it was broken. Yes. And um, I couldn't eat, like, I got through the main story of the game, um, and it, uh, I played it when it just, Story wasn't bad. Kudos to the you. I didn't was, do that. The game was pretty. Yeah, the game yeah. was pretty. The story was actually pretty okay. I had no problem with what was going on. I felt, it felt somewhat, like, real in yeah, terms of how war goes in that era. Yeah. They did, they did their research. They did a lot of research. Yeah. Down to the Groshan and everything else. I mean, they, they did a really good job with yeah. many aspects of the game. Well, when it turns into a game, that's where the yeah. problem lies. When because you gotta put all... Well, I mean... in. We're harping on it pretty hard, but I kind of remember, even as much as I love like Mountain Blade, Warband, I, I remember, you know, it's like, you're too dumb to read chicken. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, that's a glitch. Yeah. <laughs> the, and I'll be fair to Kingdom Come. I Part of my dislike for Kingdom Come is on me because I picked it up thinking like, oh, it's going to be, you know, a more like a higher fidelity Skyrim and I'll be able to go out and like explore and do things. And that's that's not what the game. No, no, it's 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 do and, quest, do quest, right. do quest, do quest. And, and so that's that's on me. I my expectations were not in line with what the product was. And I, I from a technical standpoint, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit about it. It just I like I never got a combo off in that game. Yeah. I, you I, like, have to train time, so much. Like, I would throw a sword at a guy and he would, like, I don't know, bind my arm up jujitsu style and then whip me on the floor and I'd be like, I, how how does he do this every time I feel and like there's no way for me to stop it? I feel like it's like you're going into, like, a class and you're the first team of class, you know? And everyone's just like, all right, we're going to show you a trick. Do, do you think... 
that the game devs did that because they went to a HEMA thing to learn and they got the shit beat out of them and they were like, this is how it is. Yeah, this is how people are. They're just better at you than everything. So they did that to like humble you, you know? You're like, well, you're the son of a blacksmith. It's like, okay, well, I'm sure that if you hit someone with an item, like if you hit anything with anyone with a sharp object, they're going to get hurt. Yeah, I remember you telling me where you like hacked at a guy's back and it's like, well, your sword skills are not that great. It's like, it would like sparks would fly off their chain. Mail. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't get it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll hit them in the feces or in the back. Because, you know, in armor, they armor only the front. For, Be- depends on the armor. Am, right. am I, it, like, am I too stupid to take the pointy end while this guy's asleep and just jam it through his I'm eyeball? Stabbing, I'm stabbing, I'm slashing, uh, and this guy will turn, he turned around. Like, I was hitting a guy in his sleep, <laughs> and he got up, had enough time to walk <laughs> over, pick up his sword. <laughs> Well, I'm still wailing on him. And he just starts, he goes, I guess we're doing this. And then fucking Jackie Chan my ass. Oh, shit. In like two seconds. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is Henry so inept that he can't hit somebody while they're asleep? I I felt like the game made me feel horrible. Yeah. I felt so horrible because one of my favorite parts of that game was going into people's houses and helping myself to their lunch. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you gotta eat. No, but it's the way he ate, because it's just... Henry's a growing boy. Well, he'd just walk in and they'd be like, who are you? And he's like... (laughs) (laughs) Be like, oh, have four hands. The most fun I had with that game was doing silly stuff like that, where I remember we streamed it one time and I was literally just streaming it like I was playing... Fortnite. Yeah. So I was I was just role playing a Fortnite player. Oh god. So I was walking around like, "All right guys, today we're going to go inside the village and we're going to do this. First we're going to go kill this guy cuz I'm sure he's got some groshin. Hold on, we got a dab. Dab 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 dab. I was doing dabs all the way up the street and I was just doing all this crazy <laughs> shit. And people are like, Henry's come to see. And I hit them in the neck and I'm like, boom, headshot. That's how that's done. <laughs> I had more fun doing weird shit like that in the game. But I think the best part of the game is if you just ignore the story and you yeah. ignore all of the... What that game needed was free exploration more. Rather yes. than say, if you want to advance, you have to do these things. Because I, like I said, I did a thing where I just did Wandering Vagabond. Where I like roam around. Yeah. And I'd like walk into someone's house and they're like, who are you? And I'd be like, I want your cheese. <laughs> I'll just start Jeez. eating things. Give me sausage. <laughs> I, my problem was that... I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> my problem was that in order to do the wandering vagabond, like... You had to do a lot of to, the game. Well, yeah, you, you were so shit at everything that it was like, oh, I'm going to wander around and I'll be, no. you know, a traveling sword. You a must be this sword, tall like, to ride. If it wasn't yeah, the pretty Hungarians? Much it was like, oh, hey, who was it? Who you was in found the woods? a group of bandits. Now they murder you. Who like, was, who was oh, in the man. woods? Who was like bad guy that was encroaching? The yeah, army... The Hungarians. Was yeah. it Hungarian? So it was like, I'd be walking out in the forest and I'd hear Hungarian and I'm like, what the fuck? I smell well, paprika. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what it's like to be a Vietnam veteran. Yeah. And I'm like hearing, <laughs> I'm like hearing, the trees. Them, yeah, I'm like hearing them in the trees. The Hungarians like, are in the trees. No, it was. <laughs> I'd be walking around because I was like, this feels like I'm walking around in a, par- like I'm just enjoying the no, scenery in the woods. It was beautiful. And then it'd be, I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and here's, 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 what the fuck was that? And then it, but they would come at me like lightning and slice me into two. Well, here's, here's, here's an idea. Crazy. Here's an idea. Here's how I think that game could be made a thousand percent better. And I'm, I'm wondering why no one thought of this. VR, where you get to do all the melee. Oh. 
That would be awesome. Yeah. It's like getting a sword fight. Fuck yeah. Pull that sword out and do that. Yeah. Or you just wave it around in their face. Well, no, no. (laughs) Have a system in game that teaches you how to medieval sword fight. Yeah. That would be amazing. Because it shows. That would be cool. Yeah. Because you can see it in person. It's like, no, shield up here. No, do this. And. Well, I think if you incorporated a stamina meter, that would be good because then it would teach you, you know, the, the, the real thing about being a good sword fighter, I would imagine, is probably economy of motion. And, and how to use an opponent's momentum against them. So, like, yeah, you can just flail your sword around like an idiot, but it's going to be more economical if you wait for your opponent to attempt to strike, deflect the blow, get him yeah, off balance, and, and, and then counterattack. That's but what ima- they tried to do. Right. Yeah, but imagine if they did that with VR. They taught you how to actually sword fight. Like, a, like not even, like, a full, like... Because that would be cool if it was like a full like world that you can support, but just the mini game where you're yeah. like in a, like yeah. a training facility. Yeah, that'd be and, cool. And, and they show you some basic things like yeah. here's how a shield works, here's how an axe works, here's how you use a shield and an axe, here's how you use this. Here's and, how they did it back then, according to the documents we have historically. Yeah, you know? and and there's fighting manuals from back then. Yeah, I, I think that that would that would have made that game like people would still be playing that. I'm a knight, you know, and that would be awesome. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So all right, here's. Here's the next question. What what is the worst game you have ever played on launch? You guys go first because I'd have to think about that. Space Engineers. Oh, yeah? Bam. Space Engineers came out. Um, A bunch of streamers and tubers were showing how cool it was. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what fucking supercomputer they were running that thing (laughs) on. But it was like, hey, me and my friends, we'll all play this game. And it's like... Hey, cool, let's fly these two ships at each other. Realistic damage. Yeah, and then we'll try to fix them, like fly to the Phoenix. And then we flew into each other. Slideshow for four seconds. Game resyncs. They're both stuck inside each other. Game crashes. Oh, well, let's wait a few months. Okay, we wait a few months. Oh, let's build some ships. Let's get in the creative mode. Oh, cool, I built a Miranda class. Oh, cool, I built a Star Destroyer. Oh, I found this ship. I found the Serenity ship on the Steam Workshop. Hey, let's try to fly these together and see what happens. Slideshow. Game bugs down. Crashes. Well, fuck. Wait a year. Get into... uh, There's planets now. Oh, cool, we could start on a planet. And we could mine our resources. Oh, fun, and man, we could like... build a starship. Over the course of 30 minutes, I watched this game go from 60 frames a second to 4 frames a second. We launch in our starship and we get to the stars, which takes forever. We get up to an asteroid belt. We start mining. Mm-hmm. Game mm-hmm. crashes. Yeah. And in between that, there are 12,000 desyncs. The net code is garbage. And I realized everything we were shown was a absolute doctored lie it was someone very cleverly editing the best of everything on the best equipment possible and putting some very hard limitations on what they showed there's no other way because i know people with excellent computers that play this and get the same problem i know people with poor computers who play this and get the same problem i know people who land it and have the same problem and Mm -hmm. i go this is a fucking lie. And they were mm-hmm. like, well, thanks for the money. We're going to go start medieval engineers. And I was like, you yeah. bit me once. Fuck you. Yeah. So space and en- the reason I'm so mad is space engineers is a game I wanted to love. It's fucking Legos. And I, I love Legos. And 
I'm like, oh, I could build a ship and then my friends and I could all get in it and we could go on adventures around. And and then, you know, when we get battle damage, we'll have friends like down there welding and oh, she's falling apart, Captain. And, you know, trying to do battle damage repairs as you're shooting other ships realistically. You have shit exploding, sparks flying. You've got decompression. You've got guys doing damage control. You could build your own fighters. You could have an aircraft carrier. You could have, no, you can't. You can build it. <laughs> Bless you. But you, you can't play with it mm. correct it, it's hard for me because i don't typically buy games on launch um mm. i haven't bought anything on launch in a while uh and any and most of the stuff i bought on launch had like the stuff that i bought recently that was like resident evil 2 the remake that worked fine you know uh shadow of the term raider i bought that and it worked fine um i think the only thing that comes to mind um was final fantasy 14 when it first launched in like 2013 or whatever mm-hmm. um and it was just a, it was just ass if you guys yeah. have never like if you're playing final fantasy 14 now the original launch of that game which they reference they reference it in the story they call it really before the calamity oh no the calamity is when they reset they nuke the series because they were like this is ass holy shit. everything in the game was broken they had time limits on all the quests that you could you can only do like Ugh. a certain number of quests um, on launch, they they started changing things. Like what they did is they got rid of the team, and then they brought another team in, and they were like, "Get rid of these things for now. Continue playing the game." Players were working in the background to make a new game. Mm-hmm. That this is a this is a good comeback story. This game did a good job coming back and making a solid MMO. But on yeah. launch, it was just ass. It, I had the beta for it. It was ass and beta, and I I looked at them like this is gonna be ass shit. Yeah. ESO had a similar issue. Um, it was a pretty solid, like, single-player experience, but on launch, I remember it being quite buggy, and then I just mm. didn't play it um, after that, because I was like, eh, I'll just wait until people, you know, they upgrade it and people stop, people lose their interest, so it's a lot easier to play, because when... Yeah. When you play a game on launch, there's like 500,000 fucking people. Well, yeah, yeah. Everything's yeah. under the worst load, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, I've never, I've never seen, like, a live game... That's that's MMO like. It's principally on a server. I've I've never seen any of them survive their launch day. No, they all fall down the stairs in some way or another. Yeah, and and well, and a a really like this one's easy to pick on because it's you know it's Ubisoft. They fucking yeah. stupid, but they they did Assassin's Creed two. Mm-hmm. And also, no, and also, um, Watch Dogs mm-hmm. was like sold as a totally different fucking product on like all the screenshots. Then you get the game and none of the graphics are the same and everything's watered down and it's... Yeah. Well, yeah, the bait and switch. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that happened with uh, They're Far very Cry. Good for you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, Assassin's Creed 2 on PC. This was back when PC gaming for Ubisoft was still very much against it, but they were begrudgingly releasing shit on PC. So they'd put all these CD protection bullshit on it and Jeez. it was horrible. Um, and when it launched, it was always online connection for a single player game i hate that and and a lot of games are doing that now but back then that system was fucking stupid it's still fucking stupid but back then that that system was not implemented great yeah so you play the game and people's eyes would jolt a jet out of their head and their like mouthpiece would be out oh i love that yeah the noodly like yeah just an alien just like i'm from the 18th century and you're like oh god no no, you're not but yeah but it's been through a black hole (laughs) But but you know that's just my experiences with it. I don't have like any crazy stories. But do you? What do you got, Nick? I you know I've got a few now that I'm kind of thinking about them. Um, a lot of the Creative Assembly games have uh, 
have had bad launches. Yeah. And, and yeah. I remember uh, Shogun 2 was, uh, it had like some kind of corrupted EXE. And it didn't even launch. So that's that's not a great launch game when you're like, <laughs> or, oh, let me, time to play my new AAA game. And I, you hit I play mean, and it's like, uh-uh. Creative Assembly, I mean, we let them have it. But I mean, it was, yeah. it was well, also it, like Rome 2. Yeah, and I'm not, we've already talked about that, so I'm not going to beat the that The Lend Trireme. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Roll! <laughs> yeah, same same with, um, I'm not going to beat a dead horse on uh, on No Man's Sky either because even... They made if, it better. They did, and I don't know... Another if, good comeback story. Yeah, definitely. That one has a good happy ending. But I mean, I remember when that came out they were like oh yeah we uh, uh we loaded the um the wrong uh installer haha <laughs> and then they swapped it and it was the same thing and we were all like are you fist fucking me right now yeah um and uh, i had one other one and it was when you said ubisoft and i i just cannot for the life of me i lost it um what was in the game i don't even remember damn it let's see because i was thinking no man's sky and you were talking about Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs. Oh, uh, Diablo three yeah. when it launched. That, that yeah, was, you talked because about it, that. because uh, it was yeah. also one of those first games that was like, well, you got to be connected to the internet all the time. And I and yeah, I felt I, cheated on Diablo three. Well, now I remember when it launched because everybody was so psyched about Diablo three that like. You couldn't log in. No. You couldn't get into the servers. You couldn't play the game. The connection would drop and you would just get kicked out because you weren't connected to the servers anymore. And uh, yeah. compounded horribly by the real money auction house that they put in, which was yeah. fucking stupid. Which resulted in, yeah. And it was dumb shit, too. It wasn't even anything good. It's like, oh, well, here, well, on the auction house, you can buy the Herodric hamburger and it's really funny. <laughs> It's just so shit like that really pisses me off, but yeah, no, okay, now we are we're ramping it up here, and I I promise it this is this is going to be a podcast in three parts because last week was video games and wasted potential. This is video games and wasted potential part two, and next week will be video games and wasted potential part three, where we're just going through our game stuff. But I'm gonna end this podcast on a high point. Mm. So not Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> What game genres have fallen by the wayside that have gone away by modern gaming that you would resurrect? And me personally, it would be indie games like Dwarf Fortress, like Caves of Cut, games that are built by people who say, I'm going to keep working on this, keep making this beautiful, I'm going to build a game for me. And if people love it, they'll support it. But they don't spend oodles of money on shilling or trying to convince you to play it. They don't care if you love it or not. They're making it for them, and that draws a very unique audience. But it's also a very genuine game. They're not selling themselves short. So, Nick? I'd like to see a comeback of, I don't want to say classic RTS, but but RTS. You know, there's been this drift away from the things that I think made RTS enjoyable. Uh, You know, base building, um, you know, unit management, resource management, economy management, whether it's in the... the, um, uh, microcosm like in an RTS game where like Command and Conquer where it's session based or yeah. even even if it's something a little more like a traditional strategy game or that's uh, uh, more of a Total War because even Total War I would consider to be at least partially real time strategy well, especially and, uh, the the actual actual fighting right and uh, I would I would like to see that return to its original formula because I feel like that's where it was most successful and I feel like there's um, too much of a focus on games like uh, Dawn of War 2 or Dawn of War 3 where it's like, well, we took all the base building now. Now it's just about you know, unit management. There's Units this, there and heroes. To be this, Units and heroes. And I, I boil that down. I look past that and I look to micro. 
There's just yeah. a huge focus on clicks per minute, micro, build order, this, that, and the other. And I just, I, I, I enjoy the games as they previously were, where it's more of a sandbox. There's no, you know, you may have an optimal build order and things like that for competitive multiplayer, and that's fine. Please keep it out of my single player game because that's not my play style. And, yeah, and I understand that. Uh, Mike? Uh, I and I, I would like to, I agree with that 100% because that, that was something that kind of drew me away from RTS because mm. I'm not into that whole, you know, you have to have this insane micro. Yeah. An optimal order. build order would go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. cookie cutter yeah. shit. I so, shouldn't have to watch a YouTube video of a league player to know how to play the fucking game. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Um, no, um, I, I, I said this before, but adventure games. Um, I'm a big fan of point-click adventure games, um, but I mean, it doesn't even have to be point-click, just adventure games in general, because there's something about the building the world around the character, as we talked about before, that I really like more than... I, I feel like I like that more than just having a game to play. Like, if a game is going to have that, make it simple. I want to experience the world and play in it and figure out a mystery and solve a thing. I think that's kind of fallen to the wayside because players want something more interactive. And I think, you know, CRPGs in general had drawn a lot from that, from the D&D, which adventure games also pulled from. Because adventure games are like a, a DM telling you a story. Right. That you it's, get to... it's, it's an interactive novel. There, There is a path, but there's yeah. a lot of fun, neat storytelling along the way. Right. Yeah. And there's great scenes and things like that. And I, I like that era of games and, and, and also the grid-based dungeon crawlers i know not a lot of people like those i like those a lot where it's just every grid squares like it, it's it's first person oh yeah and you just turn oh to, yeah yeah, um, yeah legend of grimrock is one of my favorite ones that recently came out i played the second one didn't really dig it but the first legend of grimrock is very solid uh call back to that era and i really enjoy that so i'd like to see more of that as well but you know I'll just say it. FMVs. I, I, I yes, I know everyone fucking hates them, but look, I'd like to see them again. I know I'm, that I know that Tesla effect and and Tex Murphy and all that came out, but I'm just like, can I have more, please? I like those. Oh yeah, they're funny it, to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's why Joseph Kukin's so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. That's yeah. Those are those are my. I wish people would have more of those, but you know, I'm. I, that's the era came from. Word. I think. Right. So on that note, stay safe out there, guys. It's a wild world, but uh, kindness is uh, kindness is easier than you think, and uh, don't lose hope. Correct. Fuck Games Workshop. Fuck Games Workshop. <laughs> <laughs>